Oh, this is the takeover take two. <laughs> Sorry for the last one. Uh, dropping out due to technical difficulties. I am Michael Williams. This is Mina Williams. And we are... The AMC A-listers. <laughs> I know. That's what it was. We, we forgot that. The appropriate so, intro. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a curse. Yes, it's a curse. And I'm notorious. <laughs> I'm notoriously difficult. And so, of course, <laughs> take two. Um, but that this is the business. This is the podcasting. I, I haven't been doing it uh, for a few months. So I am rusty. Let's say I'm rusty. <laughs> but I'm ready to get back into the, um, get back into our discussion. I am excited to be here. I think, you know, Fandom Initiative, what you guys are doing is, it's amazing. You know, I check in every week. You guys make me laugh. You always have the best guests. And I'm honored. I'm honored to be here to discuss Cruella yet again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why, thank you. Thank you. Fandom Initiative appreciates your compliments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let, let's start over again and let's talk about Cruella. We, we both liked it. We did. That that we affirmed. We did. Um, you know, I I think I've just grown to appreciate, and I don't know if maybe it's part of COVID and streaming so much, but I've really come to appreciate good storytelling, and I think that is the foundation of good movies. You can have great action, but if you don't have good storytelling, it 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 leaves the audience kind of wanting more. Um, and Cruella does have really good storytelling. It has great acting. Um, and then visually, it, it's just like a really good movie. And like you mentioned before, also now there's the aspect of like um, sound as we hear the church bells behind you. <laughs> um, yes. mm -hmm. uh, uh, music. Music for me it, it makes a movie sometimes. Like, you know, it really... It, it feels kind of like the story behind it. Um, and, uh, you know, shows that are able to do that or movies that are able to do that make the, the movie even better. Um, I really liked Emma Thompson and Emma Stone, you know, as adversaries. Um, uh, we, we mentioned the fashion component behind that, that fashion storyline. Uh -huh. um, and so I really enjoyed it. I, I really, really liked it. And I really do hope that there is um, a second one that, that, that follows. I would look forward to doing that. And I don't say that often these days. Like, I yeah. think if a movie is good and it has a beginning and an end and it, and it ends up being something that doesn't necessarily need a sequel, but I would be happy to see a sequel. I'd be happy to hear the storyline behind you know, Cruella or, you know, uh -huh. you know, Emma Thompson, you know, at, at any point, I think it would be a really good option. I think they have different routes that they can take. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Cru Cruella is cast very well, like Emma Thompson, Emma Stone. And I, I also want to shout this guy out, too, because I like this guy in anything that he's ever been in. And... Antonio and I often have a discussion about how he should be possibly, if you don't bring James McAvoy back for anything X-Men related in the future, that maybe this guy should play uh, Professor X, and that's uh, Mark Strong, who plays oh, the butler. Yeah. Mark Strong. I yeah. A lot. Yeah, Mark Strong is a really, really good actor. He's been a good actor for a very long time. And, um, yeah, I mean... I think the only thing, the I think the only thing that saddens me about Corolla is not even the content of the movie because the movie is amazing. I just thought that um, maybe that Disney should have taken a chance and made this something that was like a theater only type experience because I think in some ways it, in some ways the visuals of it almost demand that they be seen on the big screen, especially like those scenes where she does the one-up things with fashion and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I saw some, I saw some reviews that were kind of, 
I mean, they they were being unkind to Cruella because they thought Cruella was kind of a a, a a disappointment in some ways, and I don't think that at all. I think that it did pretty well on Disney Plus as far as views, from what I understand. Um, and and to the most part, Disney probably took it with a grain of salt anyway because they knew that maybe a lot of not a lot of people would be spending their $30 premiere access for this movie. But if they got more than what they thought they were going to get, then it was pretty much a success for them anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you guys should definitely see Cruella. I, I, we both loved it. Um, I kind of like this thing that they're doing with these origin stories for some of their more, you know, famous characters, although it seems like most of those things that they've done are like villains, mm -hmm. like with Maleficent and things like that. But um, yeah, it, it, it's really good. You, you should definitely see Cruella. It, it exceeded my expectations. So it is definitely a movie to see. Um, we were talking about A Quiet Place 2 before. Mm -hmm. um, you said that it, it you said that it had not let you down as far as being able to see it, right? It did. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this before, and I, I tell people this all the time. It, it, the first one was my best experience in a movie theater mm -hmm. um, in terms of the movie really drew you in. I, I would say a second, a, a close second to that might be Parasite. Mm. And that was for... Um, uh -huh. that's different reason it drew the people in because it was a foreign film that required you to be very focused and to read but also yes. like a really amazing movie but you had to be focused yes everybody in that theater was like completely focused there was no nobody was distracted there was no um telephones going off there weren't people texting like they were focused and and a quiet place was um, there was just like this silence, like you were immersed into the movie. You were living this movie with the family. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I couldn't wait. It was probably one of my biggest disappointments last year, right? Because it actually was fairly close to when um, we shut down for COVID. Like it yeah. was only a couple of months out from it coming out. I was uh -huh. looking forward to it. Um, and I knew that whenever it came out i wanted to see it in a theater um yeah. uh and so you know i was afraid it might be delayed honestly until you know maybe next year uh -huh. um speaking to that process you know yes that people weren't as quiet as they were the first time but they were still pretty respectful uh -huh. um, i think people were just excited to be together and to enjoy being out with one another and, and going to the movies so it was understandable um, cause I spent part of the time kind of explaining to Cod, you know, my sister, um, what was going on. Cause she hadn't seen the first one and she uh -huh. still enjoyed it. So uh -huh. it's a movie you could enjoy. If you haven't seen the first one, I would encourage you to see it, but, yes. um, you don't have to, I think you could, you probably could go in, you'd have some questions, but you could, you could surmise what, what's going on. Um, yeah. Sorry. They give you a little, they give you a background of what's happened. Yeah. Um, Killian Murphy was in it and I love Killian Murphy. I think he's uh -huh. extremely talented. Um, uh -huh. and I, I was excited to see him in this. Um, and even the way that the, the, the kids in the movie have, have grown, you know, like they've, they've just, they've matured themselves, uh -huh. um, as actors, but also, you know, they've gotten older and then they're taking on more responsibilities. Their lives have changed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really did enjoy it. I don't think it was a letdown. I don't think it, it had the impact as much as the first one, but that was okay because I, that there were, there were very high expectations to meet with that movie, um, to meet with the first one. But I think they, I think it was not better, but I think it was just as good as the first one. I can't think of a movie that's had a sequel where you go, the sequel is better than the first one. Mm -hmm. It's rare. It's yeah. rare it happens, but I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Like I, it's not, it's not on the same level as seeing a quiet place. The first movie it's, it's not, but 
I think there were some surprises for me that I, I didn't think were going to be present in this movie, right? Like you, you made a you made a great point about you know encouraging people to see the first one, but I thought what they did a really good job of in, in this sequel is the sequel kind of performs as a prequel and a continuation at the same time. Yep. Like there, there, there is a part in the beginning that basically sets up and gives you a whole lot of backstory about the first film. Mm-hmm. And then when we get past that part, it continues the the story from the last movie at the very end. And um, I thought those things were really good. I had also mentioned last week when I had, when I, gave my brief review on the show of of this movie is that there was something that I think they kind of flipped on its head in this movie. Like the first movie, all the uncomfortableness and, and, and the sort of dread and scary parts are in the quiet parts of the movie, right? I felt like they kind of flipped that on its head in the second one where I felt like they did something where when the audio gets really, really loud in this movie, it's almost unnerving. Mm. It, 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 it's weird. It's it's very weird. Like, it's almost like the, the, the loudness parts of the movie are where you feel the most dread and the most scared and everything, at least for me. Mm. And... I thought that was a really, it was a really brave thing to do, but also a good thing to do to make it kind of different than the first time you experienced it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, A Quiet Place 2 is a good movie. It's not as good as that first one, but it it definitely has a little bit more story to add to that first movie. And from what I understand, there's going to be a third one. <laughs> so, um yeah, I mean, you should definitely check both these movies out. The first one and the second one. The second one is definitely worth it. It was a calculated risk, I thought, by the studio to bring it out when they did, because I almost thought that they were going to delay it again until, like, you know, like uh, Halloween time, because I wasn't sure that people would actually come out to see it. Um, but it was number one that week, and it made pretty good money for a, a film that you know, in in a post-COVID time where people are just going back to the theater. So, um, and even that experience was, um, you know, I love that you can pick your seats Yes, and, um, you can even have up until, you know, the hour before the movie to Mm -hmm. decide, look, there's too many people in the theater. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like going anymore. And as a, um, as a consumer, you know, as an audience goer, you, you, that, that is still in, that power is still in your hands to make that decision, whether you feel comfortable enough to be in a theater with that amount of people. Yeah. Um, AMC, as far as I have, we haven't looked at other theaters, but AMC is really good about blocking out uh, seats on either side of you. So it's, it's a very well kind of thought out process. It wasn't a packed theater. Um, we were very conscious about checking in to see, um, you know, how many people were in the theater. They're offering like 30% discounts for certain, for certain, um, show times. Um, what, which eventually leads to more people going to those shows too, if it's like discounted. Yeah. But it, in, in all, it was a really good experience. So I encourage people, like if you're moviegoers and you've missed it, we've missed it a lot. Um, I was happy with the experience. Um, it, it worked out really well. And, um, I thought the movie itself was worth going to see in person. I don't think every movie is worth, um, you know, taking that chance and going in person yet. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so last night, <laughs> me and I watched The Conjuring 3, which is on HBO Max and also in theaters at the same time. The devil made me do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, her and I saw The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 mm, 
maybe a, a couple of years ago because a friend of ours were a friend of ours rec- recommended them to us and you know I was I was on the fence about seeing Conjuring and Conjuring 2 because I wasn't sure that they were actually going to be worth the time watching like it, it's it's hard to make horror franchises work mm-hmm. right like they have to be Either the either the villain has to be somewhat of a I don't even know how to describe this. The villain of a horror movie somehow has to be like this charming, scary thing that you you want to see in every movie, like Freddy or Michael Myers or something like that. Or I don't know, if Freddy is charming, but yeah, yeah but. I think I think the 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 beauty or, or the thing that makes Nightmare on Elm Street work or did work when it was around was that you kind of wanted to see Freddy no. cut one liners and, yep. and how he would <laughs> you know interact with his victims and things like that. So I think that's what made that kind of popular. But the Conjuring is something completely different. It, it's grounded in reality because the characters. The lead characters of The Conjuring are real people who have dedicated their lives to uh, fighting the supernatural, for lack of a better term. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, their names are. So um, what were your thoughts on The Conjuring 3? I, I mean, I know it's been a while since we saw the first and second movies, but did you like it? I mean, the... the- I'll say this again, and I, I think that this leads back to what I was saying before about good storytelling. Like, do I consider this like horror? I don't know. Mm. Um, one because it's it is kind of based on 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 this reality and exorcism. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would say it was horror. Um, right. Uh, but I do think that uh, Vera Farmiga. And Patrick Wilson are very—they're—they're they're really good. The way—the the way that they interact—it's like a real couple, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have a this relationship as the Warrens. Um, I think it's—I think it's just really good storytelling mm-hmm. um, that makes this a movie that draws you in. It is—it is the story, and then the this concept of it being based on reality. Like in my head, the whole time I'm like, how is this happening? Like mm-hmm. I to think through, like how do you explain this in? in real life, mm-hmm. um, because obviously a lot of people don't believe um, in what they're doing. Like, you know, right. the, the police don't believe them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, and it, there's also like this religious component to it as well. Um, I thought it was really good. Again, I, I don't know if I would classify it as horror. And there were moments <laughs> like um, being scared, but not in a horror, like, it's kind of more of like a psychological yeah it is more psychological than it mm. kind of like horror so maybe it's like a psychological thriller or supernatural mm-hmm. thriller but mm-hmm. i would say horror because that's not what it, and if people are going in there looking for horror that's not it's not what you're going to get right. it's not like a a halloween or a, a a nightmare on elm street that's not the type of horror that it is um I really enjoyed it. I would encourage people to watch it. I thought it was a good movie. Would I see it in a theater? I don't think I would have to. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily something you need to experience in a theater. Um, I think it, it's fine kind of like as a streaming movie. I'd pay to stream it, but I yeah. wouldn't necessarily, you know, um, want to have to see it in a theater. I feel like that whole aspect of like what I would see in a theater has changed. Okay. Um, you know, because of COVID and because yeah. being so much at home, um, I think I'm just very cautious about like what I want to see in a theater, how many people are going to be there. Um, and this is the type of movie I think that you can certainly watch at home. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I liked it. I, I liked Conjuring. Um, I think that there was... There might have been one part of it that I was kind of, I don't want to say I was let down by it, but I thought that they could have expanded more on it. Hmm. Um, 
there's a part in the movie where they they come in contact with who their adversary is is in this film. Uh, and that's and that's by you know by Lorraine's character, Vera Farmiga's character, Lorraine Warren, basically using her ability to kind of uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it to kind of bridge the dimensions, <laughs> and um, she meets the adversary face to face. And she's calling back to Ed, who's standing right beside her in, in this place where she's doing this. And she literally says to Ed that the she says something to the effect of the connection is the connection works both ways. Mm -hmm. So I almost felt like they had an opportunity there to kind of make this conjuring movie where, you know. I mean, because we're so invested in in Ed and Lorraine, like they are the people who are kind of, or who we're trusting to defend us from these supernatural, you know, incursions and things like that. I almost kind of wanted to see a movie where what happens if Ed and Lorraine lose? Mm. You know what I mean? Where they don't necessarily have an answer for, you know, a supernatural element or supernatural force that's able to manipulate the connection that Lorraine can make and she can't close it. Like she can't close it off to keep them from coming in. Hmm. You, you know what I mean? So um, that's the only thing that really kind of disappointed me, I thought that there was more story there, that there was more or something bigger that they could have done with that and maybe made that part of a next movie or something like that. Who knows? Maybe they will. Um, but I, I thought it was really good. Like the, the conjuring is just really good. It's like you said, it's good storytelling. It's well thought out. You know, you're almost always rooting for Ed and Lorraine, no matter what the situation is. Um, I mean, I think it's just it's it's mind bending that there are these things in our everyday lives that we cannot explain. And there are people who still don't kind of want to give it any truth or or weight or levity <laughs> you know what i mean i, I it's weird it, it's just weird like you know i mean when i look at one of my most one of the most famous horror movies that i that i like my favorite horror movie and that's the exorcist i look at that movie and i'm like there's no way in my head and, and i'm not you know a completely religious person but in my head, I think to myself, there's no way that some of this couldn't have happened, right? Like this is, there's just too much going on here to just say that, oh, someone made this up or this doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Part of the reason, I mean, I definitely, do, I, I don't want to do any spoilers because it, it, it literally, you know, mm. just came out. Um but you do find yourself knowing that you've seen one and two and knowing that um, Ed and Lorraine Warren are real people and that mm -hmm. based on their lives, it's hard to think about in this particular movie, you know, the outcomes, things that happen um, and say, like, how did they come to that decision? Mm -hmm. What other people have seen. So it's hard to separate um, what, truly happened to Ed and Lorraine Warren and mm -hmm. then what they've taken like artistic liberties with mm -hmm. to dramatize, right? Um, a part of it makes me want to like read a book about them. I mean, mm -hmm. they had very interesting lives. Um, and I think that's what, that's why I like this so much because there is, it is based on reality. It is based on, um, on, on their truth. Um, so I don't know, maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's probably another one in the making. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'd be, I'd be interested to in seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now we're going to move over to streaming and TV because we obviously do a lot of that in this household. Stream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we watched uh, the new Marvel show, Loki, on Disney Plus the other day. Um, the first thing that Amina brought up is that she thought it was weird that it would be premiering on Wednesdays. <laughs> I, why was it a Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? It did. It, did. it premiered on a Wednesday, but we watched it on Thursday. I think I prefer Thursday because <laughs> Friday Junior. I'm not trying to watch it on Wednesday with two days left. In yeah. Um. What did you What did you think of Loki? I don't. I don't know. I'm still thinking it through. <laughs> All the ones that have come out so far, mm-hmm. Loki is the one where um, you need backstory. Okay. Like, you really need to have seen the movies. Like, you you cannot yes, I agree. to Loki and not have <coughs> Endgame or not have seen it. You can't. Uh-huh. You, can't. you will be. And I have seen all those movies, and I was still confused. Like, mm-hmm. like, and do you understand what happened there? And then the timeline, and mm-hmm. there's a lot with Loki, and it, it's hard. It, it's very hard to follow. Yeah. Unless you're like a committed fan. Like committed fans, I'm sure, are very like excited about this because this is this is for them. Like they get all this. But for mm-hmm. somebody who, and I still consider myself a fan, um, I was like. It, it it needs your focus. It definitely needs your focus, and um, I do like the casting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, but it, it's it's a lot, and that was just episode one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I don't. I didn't walk <laughs> away from it as excited as I was for you know. WandaVision. Or no, not even Wanda, even WandaVision. I went into WandaVision like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? But mm-hmm. um, there just was. There's a lot going on with Loki. There and and a lot happened in that one episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There, there yeah. was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, there mm-hmm. is. I don't think it would prevent me from watching it, but I de- I definitely think it's one of those ones where. I can't have my phone next to me and I can't be like, you need to be in it to follow what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I agree with all her assessments. (laughs) Um, Naturally. I like it. I like where this show could possibly go. Now, I'm not sure where it's going. (laughs) Um, there is a lot to unpack in that very first episode, especially like I mean, I said if you have not seen, I would say if you have not seen, Jesus, I'm gonna throw out four movies that you basically need to see in order to know what's going on in that first episode. You need to have seen the original Avengers. You need to have seen. Thor, the Dark World. Mm-hmm. You need to have seen Infinity War and Endgame in order to kind of feel okay knowing exactly what's going on if you're just coming to the show. Cold. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd say one step further. Even if you've seen them, I'd probably watch them again. <laughs> yes, yes. Even all four that you know what these mar- these movies are like. Y- yes, they are. Two and a half, three hour long movies. A lot happens. Yes. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess this isn't a spoiler when I say this. Loki in the very beginning of the episode picks up from the scene in Endgame where the team is trying to find the infinity stones. That's where it starts from. The the scene where where Loki basically thinks that he can magically kind of disappear with the Tesseract in Endgame. 
that's where we start off from with this this show. Um, there are there are things that I really really like about this first episode. I think that this first episode is really trying to do what kind of makes and 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 it works because Tom Hiddleston is such a great actor. And it's how he's played Loki throughout these movies that is, has really been the thing that kind of stands out to me, right? Like, um, it's basically them trying to strip Loki down and make him less godlike, but more human, and understand what his place is in, in this in this in this play called life. Right, like he he really kind of needs to understand where he is right now, and possibly where he's going, and I think that that's what this first episode tries to to set up for the series. Um, there, I mean, there were some little things too, like <laughs> there's a scene there's a scene in the in the in the, in the episode where he's um, on a plane dressed up in a suit and i guess that was supposed to be something that had happened to him in the past um i almost feel like that's a, like a, another yet another easter egg for uh you know people who want tom hiddleston to sometimes be james bond because that he looked kind of very bond like in that scene you know i didn't get a chance to look it up but it, it, it... Something tells me he was playing the role of somebody else. Like, yes. Um, and I did. I didn't get that connect. That's what I'm saying. Like there are mm-hmm. these in things that mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily getting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Part of me dislikes that. Like I'm mm-hmm. guessing. And I, what do I need to take notes? <laughs> yeah. okay, I don't have time for that Marvel. Like I want to watch the show and I want right. to good. I will say. There, what I like about this is the humbling of, of Loki. Yes. Like, it is truly humbling him. I yes. can't see how many times he mentions he is a god. Yes. Like, he says it continue, And the, these people, like, they don't care. Yes. About that you're a god. Here, you are not a god. Um, and also, like, there's the, him, him. He was like, oh, but I'm not that bad. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just out of mischief. And they were like, no. Like, they lay out for him what he's done. Mm-hmm. Loki has done some some stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it it's confronting him with who he really is, right? And mm-hmm. there has been over the series, Loki has changed. Yes, he definitely changed, right? Mm-hmm. He, he became a sacrifice at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I like that, and and I hope that 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 the show continues to show different sides of Loki. Um, and Tom Hiddleston is really good. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about it, but the, there are like these in things that I don't necessarily get. And if you're not uh, a super fan, or a, as I would call, like you're gonna have some questions, and you're gonna have to go back and and maybe watch a few things or or Google, like I did when I didn't know who Thanos was after watching. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not a super. That's admitted. I mean, I've turned into somebody who's really enjoyed it, but still somebody who's not completely there and constantly having questions. Yeah. Fun fact: Once you found out who Thanos was, you almost kicked the door off the hinges. I did. I did. (laughs) When we saw the movie, it it was packed. We are at 42nd Street, and everybody in the theater except me. Thanos was, and I asked Mike, but he's too busy like being excited. He was like, "Oh yeah, 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 Thanos is like a villain. That's it." And I was like, "Nah, mm. got to be more than that." Mm. And I came home, and the next morning, I like Google Thanos, and I'm reading. I'm like, he literally kills everybody. <laughs> and I like kicked open the door, and I was like, Thanos kills everybody. <laughs> Not regular schmegular villain. One of the greatest reactions after seeing a movie I've ever heard. <laughs> but you know what? Thanos lived up to it. They yeah. Marvel really lived, and look how long ago that was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the amount of forethought that you have to have for this type of 
of series of like movies it's just like and and connect them together that's like mm -hmm. they marvel's gamesmanship on that is like next level and i really can't think of other people who are able to do it this way dc yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, DC. I love you guys too. They, their <laughs> stories are different. I feel yeah. like they focus on the individual, right? Yeah. I mean, um, and and they're not that great at bringing together a crew, right? But they're really good at like that one central character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see what else Loki's gonna do. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um... Another show that we're really, really into, and and we're moving over, uh, we're moving over to another network, which is HBO Max. Uh, we started watching season four of Entreatment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the the first three seasons were with Gabriel Byrne, and then the show basically ended, in effect, for a very long time, at least. I gotta say, at least almost ten years. Is it been ten? Yeah, it's got to be close to ten years. Uh, yeah. And uh, they decided to bring the show back for another season on HBO Max with a new cast: uh, Uzo Aduba from Orange Is the New Black is the new therapist. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a really interesting show. Like, the things that they've done with it so far. And also, there's been a slight change to the, the last session of the week. Um, Amina and I have been talking about that and how we feel about that change. Um, let, let's talk about Uzo Aduba first. Uh, do you like Uzo Aduba in this show? Do you think that it was a smart casting to put her in that role? Or... I I really do like her in it. Mm -hmm. I, um, and I like her in it because she is imperfect. Her character is imperfect. You do not go in. And, you know, people often mistake psychiatrists, therapists as not being human, not having their own issues. Like their roles as being able to help others um, recognize what's going on with their life. Like they don't fix things. They're only helping you to understand what's going on and help help the 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 client um, fix those things, right? But at uh -huh. the same time, they have their own lives going on, right? Uh -huh. And and they're always taking care of others and don't take care of themselves. And and this is a really good kind of example of that. Um, I think she I think she's pretty amazing in it. Uh -huh. um, it, it, the show itself is really good. Her 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 patients are all so very different and 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 unique. Uh -huh. um, it touches on so many different topics. It's just like it's crazy. It's written really well. Uh -huh. It's also like visually very appealing, right? Uh -huh. Her her dad, I think, was like an architect. So she's living in his old house and it's like visually just very stunning. Mm -hmm. The fashion. And so it's like it's hitting all it's hitting all these elements for you, right? Mm -hmm. As a as a viewer. Um, I think she's really good. I didn't know how she was gonna do in it. Um and and even in that first episode, I was like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know much about her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as as the therapist, she she has major issues going on, including, you know, you know, addiction, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and and to be and you as a viewer question, like how she's able to handle that in addition to helping others, like when she herself needs to be seeking help or is seeking help. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I, I think this is the kind of show that really shows you Uzo Aduba's range, right? Like, she's more than just that character she played on Orange is the New Black. She has some real acting chops and acting talent, for, for sure. 
<laughs> and um, uh, I think in some ways also the show is somewhat groundbreaking in a way, right? Because you very rarely see shows uh, in this in this vein of medicine that deal with a black therapist. Oh. Right? You, you you don't see very many shows that, that you know have black therapists as sort of the main character or even sort of maybe even a side character <laughs> for, for that matter. So um and also to kind of deal with an issue where and and I guess that's kind of that's probably been a question, right, for people who've been in therapy and and things like that. Like, you know, the therapist's job is to treat her patients. So who is treating her, right? Because I mean, this, this stuff is kind of heavy that she deals with, you know, day in and day out. At some point, she's got she or he has got to decompress too and and who who do they decompress to mm -hmm. right um and that's where the interesting sort of change is in this version of in treatment in the original or the the original hbo series with gabriel byrne he saw a therapist at the very last session of the week mm -hmm. this series with Uzo Duba goes a very, very different route. Um, you know, Amina mentioned that she has an addiction and the quote unquote therapy session at the end of the week is with her sponsor. And uh, on top of that, Gabriel Byrne is her therapist. Isn't that the case? Yeah. Yes, and she's avoiding for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> he's been calling her. You see Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So her, her her dad is. But she's had a lot go on in her life in the last few months, and and he knows that. Um, yeah. Trying to call her and she's not picking up. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, it feels like a therapy session. Mm -hmm. No, it's a conversation with her sponsor, but. Um, it's very similar. She's talking about her week. She's talking about what's going on in her life. Um, and it's, I mean, it's probably one of the harder episodes of the, of the week to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she, she just has a lot going on. It's really good. I, I really encourage people to watch it. You don't need to have watched, um, the first three seasons. Of no, not at all. Watch it. Um, each of the characters uh, that are her patients. The the actors are Anthony Ramos, is amazing. I think mm -hmm. he's so. You know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not underrated. Maybe people do. I, I don't see him really getting the the props that he deserves. Yeah, yeah. Really good actor. I love. I agree. What and um, she's got to have it. I think mm -hmm. he's really good in it. Um. And he's really good in this. He's like, he has this vulnerable quality about him. Um, and he's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and, you know, there is like, there's something there. Like even, like I encourage people to watch it because there's it, there's something there that that she, she likes about him too. Like, right? And she, um, each of her, her patients are very, very interesting. Um, and they deal with a whole range of topics on this show. Yeah. Um, and and not like, it doesn't feel like it's just surface, right? It, it, it feels like there's a reason that these, these issues are coming up in these, in these, um, in these patients. Uh, so I encourage people to really watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another show that we watched limited series um that amina and i really really loved and we recommended to you all and we were late <laughs> game on it and yeah we were we were late to it um is mayor of east town <clears throat> <laughs> which stars kate winslet it also stars gene smart if any of you guys have seen 
Watchmen and you like Jean Smart and Watchmen, you'll like her also here in Mayor of Easttown. Or Designing Women. Designing Women, yes. Um, I was beyond impressed with Mayor of Easttown. Like, Mayor of Easttown is... Mayor of Easttown is an example of what all streaming services should be doing. You should be able to tell a story in the least amount of episodes as possible, and it still be very, very effective. <laughs> and Mayor of Easttown does that in what, seven? Is it seven episodes? Eight, yeah, I think maybe seven. Seven. Eight, seven or eight. It can't be more than eight. Yeah. I didn't want it to end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's again, I feel like that's the theme of much of we, what we've discussed today is just good storytelling mm -hmm. paired with great actors and you're gonna you're gonna get your audience to buy in yeah mayor of east town it's a little all over the place because they're so good right they, they're mm -hmm. so good with the red herring it it's ridiculous mm -hmm. you probably guess five to six times and each time you're wrong mm -hmm. um Unless you're really good, and like we have some like detectives in the group watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. Kate and and there's something about like Kate Winslet was like you know it's Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. it's like small town. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know there there isn't you know when we talk about in many of these other shows like like say like with in treatment, you know the visual and stunning. That's not what this is. This yeah. small town, hometown Pennsylvania, everybody knows each other. Um, people look regular. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just th these are your everyday people, right? This is what the story is about. It's about everyday people. Um, and it's really well done. Mm -hmm. Kate Winslet is so good. Yeah, I I almost forgot how good Kate Winslet really is as actress, and this kind of reminded me of just how good she really is. She's really, and she play. I mean, like they do kind of the, um, you know, we didn't watch all of them, but they do kind of like these after uh -huh. type thing. But she was very involved. Uh -huh. Um, she wanted this to feel authentic. She wanted yes. it to feel kind of genuine and again another story that deals with a lot of real life you know issues mm -hmm. substance abuse um you know there's just like so much going on in the show it's hard to follow and everybody knows each other it is so incestuous and mm -hmm. I, it, yeah yeah without like throwing you know it it, it everybody knows each other and they don't want to believe things about one another. And, you know, it's it's really, really well done. Props to HBO on it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so happy to have a show that is seven episodes, that's it. Like, yeah. I can buy into that easily. Yeah. Right? I, I, I cannot do another Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't. I've also lost my patience with, like, I, I think really good storytelling. And a lot of this comes from... I think, you know, the Brits are able to do it really well, right? Yeah. Short seasons, six, seven episodes, four seasons, bam, you're done, right? Yeah. 28 episodes. It's like nobody wants 60, 70 episodes of a show anymore. Nobody does. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people do. But yeah. it's um, this was just like really, really, really well done. Like what was the show with um, Nicole Kidman? Uh, the Undoing. No, the, the the first one that she did with that. Oh, uh, big little, big little, big little eyes. eyes. Yeah, man, listen, they ain't need that second season yet. No, they didn't. They didn't need the second, the first Should've season. Should have just so left it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. didn't need the money to do. You didn't. It just wasn't. It didn't live up to half of what that first season was. And I personally was happy with that one season. That was it. That that's all they needed, and and I certainly hope with this mayor of Easttown that they wouldn't do something like that. That's why they were promoting as limited special, limited series. Mm -hmm. That's it. You don't need to to overdo it because you kill, you kill how you felt about the first one. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's true. It's, it's very true. It's very true. Um, yeah, shorter is always better, I think. <laughs> um, and, and I think in some ways network or networks, I should say, are, are starting to see the problem with going 20-something episodes now. It's it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. Um, now we're going over to Netflix. Hey, Netflix. <laughs> and uh, a show that we actually watched a while ago came back this week. Um, <laughs> and that show is Lupin. It, Lupin is back? Yes. I didn't realize it was back. We the second late. part is we were back. Late. We were late to the game on Lupin, too. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yes. Uh, so we can we can talk about the first part of Lupin that we've seen. And if you guys are not watching Lupin or haven't seen it, you need to. Because <laughs> Lupin is just a well-done show. Like, it, it, it literally, every episode, there isn't any real fluff in any episode everything is kind of like moving you on to the next part of the story in the first half of it um the first half of it is only what episodes one through five uh yeah and and for me for me personally in some ways i think lupin hits differently because the lead character is black and the things that have happened to him that have forced him into this situation that he now has to try and remedy <laughs> says says a lot. Um, so what did you think about Lupin? I liked it. I liked I, I mean it, it, it's such a unique like sh show. Um, mm -hmm. surprised me that it, it's like, you know, French. Um, mm. I don't know. You know, you you almost go into it thinking kind of like a a Robin Hood type thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like taking from others. But he's, I mean, that's not really the purpose. He, his purpose is driven by something that's happened in his life, mm -hmm. um, and 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 to right a lot of wrongs. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's really well done. I, I'd be, I'm, I'm interested to see what um, the second part is going to be like. Like, how many times can you tell this story? Mm -hmm. That that you know, with the disguises and all the, he's he's cunning. He's very smart. Right. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, just thinking about how it ended, uh, and now it's even more personal, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Given like his son. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's a really good show. I encourage people. I'm trying to remember. Is it is it a voiceover? Is is that how it's done? yeah? It's dubbed. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. dubbed in English. Yeah. Uh, and shout out to shout out to Omar Sy who plays Lupin in this in this show. Um, American audiences may know who Omar Sy is from the X Men films. He played. Uh, very small role as um bishop i'm not sure in which which film it was but um he's just amazing in the show like he just has this charisma and you can't help but root for this guy <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you want to see this guy do what he has to do to sign to try and write the things that have happened to him and it's just it's just really, really good. Like that's that's also something that Netflix kind of excels at. Besides, you know, their big sort of like tentpole tentpole movies and shows that American audiences know. Um, some of their international stuff is like really, really good. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we've we've seen a couple of them. I mean, one of them was a show that we were really into, but we never went back. You know, it's a show called Dark. Like the whole premise of Dark is crazy. If you guys haven't seen it, you should you should at least try and watch that first season of Dark. That like the premise is just insane. But um yeah, like their international stuff is 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 yeah, 
really, really good. And they also do well with shorter seasons. Yeah. Like they're able to tell stories, fulfilling stories in much, much shorter time frames. And and that's good. So yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And and before we depart this afternoon, um we are currently in Pride Month. Happy Pride. Everybody. Happy Pride to everyone watching um and listening. Um so we each are going to offer a a pick of movie, TV show or whatever, whatever it is that kind of struck us when we saw it that deals with um LGBTQ or what have you for Pride Month. So um if you don't mind, you know, I'll go first. Sure. Just All right. steal any of my ideas. I will <laughs> I got backups. Uh the the one of the thing one of one of the shows that I've seen in in and I'll say this and and this has been in like the last three or so years or, or so. Um uh is a show called Euphoria on HBO Max. Take that oh. off my list. <laughs> uh, Euphoria is... I, it literally has exceeded my expectations. When I first saw the trailers for Euphoria when HBO was getting ready to air it, the show reminded me a lot of a film that I saw in the 90s called Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was directed by Larry Clark, and um, it, Rosario Dawson was in it, right? Rosario Dawson was in it. Chloe Sevigny was in it, um, and it 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 is sort of in that same vein of that film, kids. But it's just so much more. It, it's literally kind of opening a window on what this generation or what this this current generation of young people are kind of dealing with right with like addiction and 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 social media and sex and um bullying for lack of a better term and 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 other things um but at the heart at the heart of the show is the relationship between um, Rue and what's the other character's name? I'm blanking. I was gonna say with a J. I have to think. I'm, 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 I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, the two characters that I'm referring to are played by um, Hunter Schaefer is one of them, and the other one is played by uh, Zendaya. Mm -hmm. At at the center of the show, it's their kind of interactions with each other and their relationship that kind of makes this show just go. Like, it it goes, you're so interested in both of their characters and what's going to happen with them in the future. Like... Jules. Jules, thank you, Jules, yes. Uh, Rue and Jules are just two very well-fleshed-out characters on the show, amongst others that are that are part of the show. Um, while we were in COVID, they actually made two special episodes of Euphoria that kind of tied you over until we get to season two that are from the perspective, one episode is from the perspective of Rue, and the other one is from the perspective of Jules. Um, and they're both just really, really good. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just so, it's just so incredible how this show is done, and 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 it just makes me want to see more and more and more of this. And what's going on amongst these characters, especially Rue and Jules. So my pick for this week of Pride Month is Euphoria. And for you, Nina? 
Oh, I, I wrote down a number of shirts. <laughs> okay. Add them um, all if you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, just thinking about um, like myself and, you know, and, and growing up when we did Generation X, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. know, that um, LGBTQ, I don't think that that was like, we didn't have those acronyms yet. Mm -hmm. um, it, there was a lot of growing and understanding that we all had to do, um, you know, living in New York City, we're cl clearly uh, exposed to more, but yeah. at the same time, you still grow up with like your own culture and family values that impact that. Mm. Um, so shows that have always impressed me um, in regards to addressing um, or having characters that are LGBTQ that I'm always impressed by a show that's able to do it without making them the center of the show, okay. like that, right? And so I think about shows like My So-Called Life um, and even Oz, Yeah, right? you know, that that is not the center of the show, but mm -hmm. it, is, it, it is directly um, dealt with. These issues are, you know, directly dealt with. There are characters and in Oz, I mean, it, it, it's so crazy to go back and, and I encourage people, Oz is such a great show, but the the relationship there, um, it was a real relationship. Like they actually like cared about one another in this really like effed up kind of way, but mm -hmm. still, it was something, and it was HBO obviously, right? My so-called life was on- ABC. Um, on, on ABC? ABC. ABC. Um, Although I think I didn't really start watching it until it moved to MTV. Oh, yes. Okay. I, that, I think that's when I really started um, watching. That's when it kind of brought it out to me. Um, so shows like that, where they, there are these characters where you get insights into them, because at the end of the day, they are. They're your everyday friends. They're your, you know, you don't necessarily have to center a show around them, like a will and grace, right? Like this show is just about them and how they interact with other people in their lives. Um, I wrote down three other shows that are somehow, in, in many ways, they're kind of connected. Um, and that is, one of them is RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. It may be the one competition show I have seen every single season. Um, and that's because, I mean, these, these drag queens are so spectacular and, and very, very talented. Um, but there are stories every season, mm -hmm. um, often the same stories, not being accepted by their family, um, you know, really struggling, being bullied. Like you really get to know them outside of being drag queens, but who they are as people and what they've encountered and how they got to what they're doing and, and actually why they, be, why they do it. Right, some of them, it, it really is like a cover, um, and and for others, it's a way that's helped them get through um, some really hard moments in their lives. Um, and the other two shows are Pose, uh, mm -hmm. and which is about to end, and I yeah. started watching it because I don't want it to end. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the day, that show is about family, right? I, I mean, mm -hmm. it is centered about around the world of ballrooms and, and, uh, but that's at, at the very end of the day, it's about these, these people that have come together and they have joined families and they support one another. And, uh, when other people won't support them, when other families won't, they, they like, they literally say, I have chosen this family, right? I was given a family. They don't want me, but I've chosen this family. And I encourage people to watch Pose. It's so so, so good. Um, and the last one is actually related to HBO Max, which is something that I got into probably in the last month and a half, which is legendary. Mm -hmm. um, and that's related to Pose in some ways, because it is about like these, these houses that, you know, um, do ballroom and, you know, they're, they're amazing, wildly talented. Um, and just bringing that to HBO, kind of bringing that to the world, bringing that to the larger world and, and helping people to, to see that, you know, this is at the end of the day, really about family, right? It, again, it's very similar to RuPaul Drag Race. They're both competition shows, but you really get insights into these people's lives. 
Um, and I, I think Pride Month is about like embracing who you are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's about family. It's about acceptance. Yep. Um, and, and I'm happy to have Pride Month. I'm, I'm, I, you know, the last year and a half or so, people have really been separated from one another. And I'm, I'm hoping people get to get out there and, and just enjoy it. But um, I'm glad, you know, Fandom Initiative has given it the space mm -hmm. to talk about because I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like the end thing to do now, right? You never know who's genuinely supporting um, whether it's Black Lives Matter or, or if it's LGBTQ, you never know anymore. Um, but it, it's a, a great space to talk about. And there, there's a lot of shows. We could probably go on for weeks about this. Yeah. Um, but those mm. are the few that I had on my list. Okay. Well, that's another edition of Fandom Initiative for this week. Uh, the takeover edition for the AMC A-listers. Um, you can find Mina and I at our Instagram handle, the underscore AMC underscore A-listers. Um, hopefully we will be doing or trying to do more consistent shows for that podcast. Uh, you can but find that. Right here. Yeah. Right here, you guys. <laughs> I guess we're going to get back to, I mean, there really yes. There haven't been a lot of movies out there, but it's been a tough year, but we're coming yeah. back. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully as the year goes on, you know, we'll, we'll pick up with more of, you know, some of the blockbusters that were delayed from last year and we'll be seeing those and we'll be bringing you our thoughts on those. Uh, if you want to listen to that in podcast form, you can go to um, Anchor and look up the AMCA listers. Uh, as far as fandom initiative goes, uh, Hopefully, Antonio will be back next week, <laughs> and um, we will resume our fandom initiative duties in the coming weeks. Yes. So I want to thank. Shout out to Antonio for yes. for even letting me, you know, co-host. Yes. Um, and he is like one of the most the hungry bleak, you know, one of the uh, most hungry bleak. supportive. Yep. He's like that dude. He supports. Everybody, everybody, yes. everybody, everybody. <laughs> he supports everybody. He his his support list is like long. God forbid if he ever wins an award, y'all are in trouble. <laughs> like a list of a hundred people. Exactly. But, um, that that just speaks to like the quality person that he is. Um, yes. And so, super thankful to the uh, fandom initiative and to Mikey for having me on. Yes, thank you for being on our show, Mina. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So you can check us all, you can check us out also on Instagram at, uh, at Fandom Initiative. We are also on YouTube at the Fandom Initiative channel. And you can check us out also on uh, wherever you download your podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Fandom Initiative Podcast. So until next week, be good to each other. Continue to be good to each other. Remember, COVID is still a thing. So continue to get your shots, mask up, do what you have to do. Uh, and we will see you soon. Yes. All right.